Hi, this is Stuart Weems, and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights, and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about Victorian Lockdown 2.0 and what impact it might have uh, on the property market, uh, but also uh, the general economy as a whole. Obviously, Melbourne's COVID transmission outbreak has been widely publicised by the media, uh, media I should say, uh, possibly a little bit hysterical uh, about it. I mean, Melbourne's positive uh, test rate is relatively benign by world standards. Uh, it's hovering around half a percent, maybe 0.6 of a percent, compared to, say, the USA, that's 7.5%, so 15 times higher. Of course, I'm not suggesting we don't need to do anything about it or don't need to worry about it, uh, but I think sometimes the media can overcook it a little bit. In any case, uh, the reinstated Stage 3 six-week lockdown in Melbourne uh, is likely to have some negative impacts on the not only Victorian economy, um, but a drag on the national recovery. And given that Melbourne is uh, responsible for producing over 19% of Australia's GDP, it will have an impact. So Victoria is responsible for about 23% of total GDP uh, and 19% of that comes from Melbourne. Obviously, Melbourne uh, is only subject to lockdown, not uh, Victoria as a whole. Uh, when looking at uh, spending figures and all the major banks uh, put together some um, pretty reliable uh, spending uh, data and they use that from their credit card data, so it's very timely. Uh, so when looking at this spending data and uh, some of it's put together by ANZ Research, it shows that uh, to date spending has bounced back very strongly. So it's certainly been a V-shaped recovery uh, in respect to uh, spending. In fact, overall spending is up 5.5% year on year. Uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, household goods, uh, so people going to Bunnings and uh, Harvey Norman and so forth, and groceries. Uh, but obviously there's substantial less on travel and entertainment, uh, so some sectors aren't doing as well. Victoria spending is lagging all the other states, uh, mainly due to its uh, stricter lockdown rules. So Victoria hasn't opened up uh, nearly as quickly as other states. Uh, and now in another six-week lockdown, it will lag, obviously, the rest of the states. But I think uh, it gives us some uh, good news or, or hope, really, uh, of a V-shaped recovery. And I was certainly, up until a few weeks ago, firmly in that V-shaped camp. That is, that I expect the economy would bounce back uh, relatively quickly, relatively strongly, and in fact, probably the third quarter of this calendar year was going to be very strong. And to date, uh, most of the economic data that had been released was relatively supportive of that view. Um, but now that Melbourne's gone into another six-week lockdown, and the fact that you know we contribute about twenty percent of uh, the the nation's GDP, uh, I think it's going to really weigh on our overall recovery. And my view is that this second lockdown uh, will do substantial harm to consumer and business confidence. So I think there's two elements here. It's what impact will it have on business and unemployment? And I think it's going to have a significant impact on business unemployment. Um, there's some businesses that were contemplating reopening a, a few weeks ago, particularly entertainment and hospitality. 
and now they're facing another six-week lockdown, which will take uh, their total lockdown period to around about five months. I know some of them can do takeaway and so forth, so it's not like they've had zero revenue, but they haven't been able to um, conduct a viable business for five months, and there's very few businesses that are going to survive that significant amount of lockdown. Uh, so more people will become unemployed as a result of the uh, reinstated lockdown. More businesses will fail. But mostly, I think, in fact, the the impact will be much more widespread than that because I think it will impact on consumer confidence. And I think it really dints people's enthusiasm, um, optimism uh, and comfort which has flow-on effects to, to spending. Now, obviously, this is just geographically in Melbourne, uh, and the rest of Australia is probably going to march on in terms of their recovery, which is great. Uh, it's great that the whole country is not impacted, uh, but I'm not optimistic, uh, or at least I'm, I'm not of the view that this second lockdown isn't going to have a material impact. And based on data from uh, back in March and April, uh, there will be a few categories that will be impacted the most. So dining and takeaway, accommodation, and entertainment and travel. They're the sort of three categories, that common categories of expenses. They're the ones that are going to be impacted the most. So it, will be, um, it won't be broad-based economy-wise, but I think the confidence element will be broad-based, uh, particularly in Melbourne. Uh, obviously, with border closures, uh, not only uh, international but interstate, it's going to have a negative impact on population growth. Um, and population growth naturally adds to economic activity and also stimulates property price growth. Uh, so um, it's important then to understand uh, what impact is this uh, extra lockdown likely to have on Victoria's population or in particular Melbourne's population and what flow-on effects uh, will there be. Well, most of our population growth is driven, 60%, is driven by what's called net overseas migration. So that's the people that are coming uh, into Australia and out of Australia uh, and the net result of that. Our net overseas migration has always been positive. That is more people moving to Australia uh, than, than leaving. Uh, and it's important to understand that of this net interstate migration figure, 75% um, uh, three quarters of it uh, is te on temporary visas and only a quarter is on permanent visas. Uh, so it's really important to understand who are these visa holders um, because that sort of informs us to some degree of what is their demand uh, to purchase, to own accommodation as opposed to rent it. And so when you look at the, the overall net overseas migration, it's typically represented by three categories. 33% is from the higher education sector. So that's typically students aged between 18 and 22. Uh, so they're likely to be renters, not purchasers, uh, and they're likely to have evaporated, obviously, uh, over the last few months. 29% uh, is skilled migration and or working holiday, uh, and they typically age range between 22 and 37, so that's where the most of it is. And 85% of skilled migration and working holiday people go to the eastern states. So Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Uh, there's a bit going to regional and uh, certainly governments try to get more people go into regional areas. But most of them are in capital cities. Uh, 
when um, someone is living or, or migrates to Australia on a temporary visa, they can go and buy a home that they can occupy. Uh, but if they uh, leave Australia, um, they have to sell that property. So uh, people on temporary visas uh, probably don't have probably have a, a lot higher demand for rental accommodation than they do for as own occupiers. Uh, so I think definitely this net overseas migration and population growth has a big impact on economic activity, has a, a, a substantial impact, uh, particularly in certain geographical locations, on rental accommodation, uh, but probably to a much lesser extent uh, has an impact on demand for property ownership. So it's unlikely to really impact, I think, the supply-demand metrics of properties for sale and people looking to buy those properties and therefore price growth, uh, but will have an impact for renters and particularly um, student accommodation, for example. I mean, that's really going to struggle as a sector of the property market. Uh, the thing to be mindful of and something I've been banging on about for the last few months is that more support from both the banks and government is almost guaranteed. Now, on the uh, 23rd of July, the Federal Treasurer will announce what's going to happen with JobKeeper, uh, and I think it's almost guaranteed to continue. It may not continue, it probably won't continue in its current um, uh, broad-based form, uh, but what it will probably do is target certain industries and sectors that are being impacted by the lockdown and or continue to be impacted by the lockdowns um, uh, uh, target those sectors and support those sectors ongoing uh, and they can also obviously make it geographical as well so maybe they'll have more of a broad-based continuation for businesses that are located in Melbourne uh, and then more targeted uh, for sectors that that live outside or, or, or exist outside Melbourne uh, also overnight the Australian Banking Association announced that the banks will um, consider offering an extra four months of uh, loan repayment pauses to those people that continue to be impacted by the COVID lockdowns. Uh, and so I've written uh, and, and stated previously that it is in the bank's interest, best interest, to minimise mortgage defaults and uh, minimise false property sales. And, and as I've said, that they're in probably... Um, uh, it's common sense for them to sit down with borrowers and work out a way forward... Uh, that avoids having to sell a property or create uh, or exacerbate any further financial hardship. So that's of no surprise. So whilst these things are, are moving, you know, there's some the the the, neg the lockdown will have negative impacts. We can't ignore the fact that there will inevitably be a response by response by a perhaps state and certainly the federal government uh, to minimise the the impact. The government, the federal government in particular won't want to have a situation where the whole of Australia, except for Victoria, is doing extraordinarily well and Victoria is a drag on the national economy. Um, obviously, they'll want to try and avoid that. Um, as I've written about previously, like if we turn our mind to property prices now and the property market, uh, as I've written about previously, uh, there's a really weak relationship between property prices and unemployment. So if unemployment ticks up in Victoria... Um, what impact will that have on the property market? Well, since the unemployment is mainly centred on people that are part-time or casual workers and certainly younger people, um, that maybe that's going to impact the first home buyers market. 
but but since uh, unemployment isn't as widespread uh, across other demographics, I don't think that unemployment element is going to have a big impact on the property market per se. Um, there is a much stronger relationship, however, between lending volumes and property prices, and I've got a link in the blog and show notes in respect to that, a chart that I drew, I drew last year. Uh, and so I think um, uh, lending volume, uh, that is both demand for lending and supply of lending, uh, will be um, below normalised levels probably for the next 12 months. So that is, I think banks will be a little bit concerned about lending to uh, sectors of the Victorian economy uh, because the impact of COVID is yet unknown. Um, And I think people, because of higher unemployment and more negative news, I think that'll affect confidence. And and therefore, I think fewer people, there'll be demand Uh, fewer demand from borrowers, uh, from Victorians to go out and borrow and so forth. I think they're more likely then to say, oh, look, we don't know what's going to happen to the property market and the state and the economy and my job uh, and all those sorts of things. So maybe I'll delay whatever plans I had for another 12 months. And so I think the lending volume will be relatively low, uh, particularly in Victoria, probably not so much uh, uh, nationally. And I think that that's naturally, in terms of money supply flowing into the property market, that is naturally going to have uh, a, a negative impact on property price growth. However, as I've stated previously, to date, property prices have weathered the storm relatively well. In fact, you can see um, some really good results uh, uh, in certain suburbs for certain types of properties. So it's certainly not the case that the bottom has fallen out of the market. And the reason for that is that there's a sufficient number of willing and motivated buyers to support the below average volume of property that's on the market. So essentially, there's not a lot of property out there for sale, but there's more buyers than there are sellers, and that's supporting property prices. And I don't anticipate that will change. Even with the lockdown... I don't think that that'll change. Obviously, more property will come off the market because you can't conduct open for inspections, not in the same way that um, uh, real estate agents uh, normally would. Uh, So property volumes will fall, but I still think those buyers will remain. And I think uh, Melbourne property will be well supported. So on the whole, what does this mean? Well, my view was before the lockdowns were reinstated yesterday that the Australian economy would bank bounce back pretty strongly, uh, particularly in the last quarter of this year. And to date, everything was sort of pointing in, or at least most things were pointing in that direction. However, I now think we'll have a two-speed economy. We'll have Victoria and then the rest of Australia, and they'll be moving at different paces. I think Victoria's um, recovery, depending, depending on the amount of stimulus that the federal and state governments provide, could be protracted. There's certainly a risk on that side. And in terms of property, I think property will hold its value uh, in in Melbourne. So I'm not predicting uh, the market to drop significantly, uh, but I think it will underperform other states um, around Australia. So I think, for example, Sydney and Brisbane uh, might start recovering towards the end of this year and we start seeing some price growth and some higher volumes and some better data and so forth. Uh, but I think 
the Melbourne uh, Melbourne volumes, property volumes, will remain well below normal, uh, almost probably for the rest of this calendar year, uh, and we won't see any kind of recovery until uh, perhaps early or mid next year. Uh, and as such, I, I think Melbourne's growth rate in the shorter term will underperform uh, other states. Um, perhaps this is uh, this situation is sort of reinforces the importance of diversifying your investment portfolio from unsystematic risk. Uh, unsystematic risk is the risk that 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 is um, exhibited in particular markets and segments and so forth. And so that really means investing across uh, various asset classes, property shares, bonds, and so forth. And when it comes to investing in direct property, where possible and practical, uh, diversifying across geographical locations as well. Uh, I mean, the good news, I think, is that the Melbourne lockdown is unlikely to have a material impact on long-term returns in the property market. You know, the Melbourne housing market has seen previous very deep recessions. It's seen stock market crashes. It's where the double-digit interest rates, you know, interest rates nearly at, at 20%. It's weathered many storms, and there will be many storms over the next 30 or 40 years for it to weather. And despite that, since 1980, it's delivered just over 8% compounding capital growth. The median house price has. Uh, that's pretty considerable growth. I'm not suggesting that uh, the next 40 years will be 8%. I don't think it's going to be uh, far off. You know, it won't be materially less than that, depending on what inflation is. It might vary with inflation. Um, uh, but I, I think the long-term growth prospects in Melbourne remain very much remain intact. But certainly over the shorter term, maybe there's some slight underperformance there. Not that that should really worry anyone in the in the short term. But economically, I think Victoria has some challenges uh, and it will be very uh, upsetting and sad for some businesses and some people uh, that have been impacted by these lockdowns uh, more so than others. And I feel very much for those people. Uh, so that's it. That's my sort of insight into the impact of the, the lockdowns. And uh, until next week, bye for now.